millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Love podcast, hate nonsense at the Politics Show podcast. <laughs> my heart wasn't in that. My, and I think the audience will be able to tell that my heart wasn't that in that. That you didn't want to do it? Yeah, I was debating doing something different. What were you going to do? Rich is on fire. Your defense is terrified. Oh, yeah. In a nod to the TikTok video we just should watched. We, should we we'll put the video in? Yeah. Shall we? We were just watching that there. We were really enjoying it. Hello, Eva. Hi, Ed. Lovely to have you here. Well, you know, thanks for having me. <laughs> you're on your last fucking straw. <laughs> <laughs> well, Until you're back off. How are you? Well, you know, I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah, missed you. Ah, thank you. know you. who I... missed you the most is the audience. The Edheads were up in arms about... Let's not pretend you haven't read all the comments. Where is Ed? I saw this on the subreddit. Just a wall of my head in various <laughs> circumstances. Um, yeah, it was a good, good episode. Learned mm. a lot about beavers. Yeah, I know. He really, he was really pleased with himself. We had an argument off uh, off camera about ancient woodland later that day as well. <laughs> <laughs> as always, perfect idea. Um, big, big bloody day in British politics. Yeah, filthy. Filthy big day when Prime Minister for the next 10 years, Rishi Sunak, has finally <laughs> turned around his political fortunes and he's made the bold policy announcements that this country needs. Mm-hmm. I predict 15 more years. Yeah. Rishi Sunak, Prime Minister for, until 2038. Yeah. As a result. Who will get in then? I think it will be um, a 19-year-old <laughs> neoconservative. Keir Mather. Who I met yesterday. Keir Mather. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's... I think. Sunak is bold. Yeah. And do you know what the key to that is? Mm? 14-year-olds will never be able to buy a cigarette in a shop. So unchic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. We're, we're, get, we're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves slightly. Um, Should we explain a little bit what was in the speech? Yeah, so, so Rishi Sunak was giving his keynote speech to the Conservative Party conference in mm-hmm. Manchester. 
um, which was bloody long. Yeah, well, the big surprise was that he he cancelled the second leg of HS2, which obviously no one saw coming. No. Um, it hadn't been... Tell you what, he's good at, keeping, <laughs> good at comms, this yeah, man. good at keeping a lid, mm-hmm. a lid on all of the uh, potential comms. I, um, I spoke about this with John Elledge earlier. Um, there's another video if you if you if you fancy it. Mm. Um, he doesn't think I didn't think that Sunak had a clue what he was going to do about HS2 through all of this. I thought it was like some really muddied um, proposals that got all a bit confused and conflated. And John was very much on the argument that nope, this was this was the plan from the outset. Why, um, did, why did you think that? Well, you need to watch the video, actually, I think, Ed. You know, I think it would be really... <laughs> okay, well, that's... <laughs> I can't do that now, so I'd like to discuss it. I'm not here to brief you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just don't know how to have a conversation, it turns out. <laughs> Every time you have a conversation with someone, you make them do background reading before. Yeah, I'm like, don't, you know, don't swim in the tank if you don't know the tuna. Absolutely, that's a good phrase that everyone knows and uses. Um, can the Conservative Party claim to be the party of levelling up? Sunak says scrapping HS2 will free up £36 billion and well, will reinvest every single penny in hundreds of new transport projects in the North and the Midlands and across the country. So yeah, with the money he's going to save from HS2, from the second leg of it, he's going to reinvest that in a load of transport schemes mm-hmm. and infrastructure in the North. Obviously, you know, the North is one of the least connected places by public transport. In actually Western Europe, do you know that? Really? Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. You know that Leeds should have, um, Leeds is like the biggest city, most population in the whole of uh, Western Europe that doesn't have a, a transport system, a proper metro. Really? Yeah. That is not great. Anyway, if you enjoy transport, uh-huh. there's a lot of it on that other video with John Ellis. <laughs> Keep plugging it. Yeah. Um, but importantly, so this is... This is a back to your leveling up question. So this is this should fall under that agenda, right? That should be already on the desk of Michael Gove, the leveling up secretary. Mm. He should have been looking at this. Mm. Why on earth it takes a huge public fallout and public backlash before you actually announce something good to happen to the north is beyond me. I don't know why you didn't just look at it and go, Do you know, maybe it'd be quite good to connect Bradford to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might help with some productivity. Mm-hmm. But then also what might help? the north is a leg of hs2 from birmingham to manchester yeah you can you, you can do both well i think what rishi's proposing is you take the first leg to birmingham mm-hmm. and then you fly <laughs> <laughs> private yeah to um what's the problem to manchester there's multiple and private infields yeah then you can get on a 30 minute train to bradford <laughs> um it all makes sense when you actually think about it that's a good point um another thing that's going to when the next election is scrapping A-levels and Mm T-levels into our new qualification called the Advanced British Standard. Mm -hmm. That's a vote vote winner, do we think? It's like IBS. (laughs) ABS is IBS. Oh, no. (laughs) What a dreadful comms error again. Oh, no. Um, Do you have any strong opinions about that? Um, I do and I don't. I don't because I don't really understand how you're going to get the teachers in to take um, subjects up to 18. You know, the teaching staff just simply isn't available. And I also think coming out of a pandemic, you've still got a whole cohort of children who aren't actually adapted yet to taking exams and they're struggling in school. I think the worst thing you could possibly do right now is to like really switch everything up and shake it all up. 
But then I also do like the idea that, um, no, I don't like the idea. Sorry. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that we're discouraging people from going to university and instead we get them to do like technical A-levels, these T-levels. So on one hand, yeah, that's fantastic. You can speed right through and you can get a qualification and you can go off and you can do plumbing earlier and quicker, right? On the other side of that, that's a really big decision to make when you're 16. Am I going to carry on with school or am I going to get into a job right mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if you fail or you've, you're, you're not doing so well at 15, 16, you might now be pushed into those jobs when it would have been good for you to go to university. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of taking school right up to 18. Yeah, I like that as well, actually, to be fair. Um, on, it seems an odd priority mm. in terms of the things that are happening with schools at the moment in that they are falling down. Right. And that's from an educational thing. It's, it, you can't sit, you can't learn the ABS curriculum or sit ABSs. But you probably could sit them in a port cabin, but you'd prefer to sit them in a non-crubbling school. Well, I think the idea would be that you, there's like someone in an adjacent classroom who's taking a T-level in construction. <laughs> and, and, they, then, and they get to fix it. Yeah, so like as That's a, like your woodwork project, is yes. fixing the school. Yeah. It, there's also a massive shortage, obviously, of teachers. And someone said it's from the National Education Union said... Oh, Daniel Kabede. Yes, Daniel Kabede. Big fan of him. Shout out Daniel. Friend he's, of he's new. He's new. He's the newly elected. He took over oh, really? from Mary Bastard. Yeah. Ah. Um, um, he's fantastic. He said that one in six English teachers and one in five maths teachers don't have a post A-level qualification in the subject. So they're already head underwater mm -hmm. fight, fighting against the current of not knowing maths. Right. And they're expected to teach. A-level standards in a subject they probably don't know all that much about. Well, yeah, a lot of teachers get asked to to fill in Cover. for other subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they think it's like quite close, they'll be like, oh, can you also take that? So maybe a, a sociology teacher might be asked to do a psychology class, which are actually two very different subjects, mm. but because they sound sort of similar with the ology on it, they're like, oh, well, you can <laughs> fill in. broadly social sciences. So it's like you're then like, you know, if you're a maths teacher, it might be like, oh, can you just, uh, can you go off and teach physics later? Yeah. Um. Because it's like the blind leading the blind. Absolutely. Very helpful. I think it is. Um, the, something else very close to your heart uh, is the smoking ban. Mm. So conservatives are going to introduce a plan to eradicate smoking, which is not piloted, but New Zealand introduced it, where essentially they're going to keep raising the age at which you can legally buy tobacco and smoke, yeah. cigarettes and other products. So eventually someone who's 14 now will never be able to buy cigarettes. Yeah, well, no, they will be able to. They'll just buy it a bit later. But someone born, someone born won't be able to. Yeah, so they'll keep me, moving, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll keep moving the age up. So it'll go from 18 to 19 to 20 each year. Yeah, I mean, this is where I go full Tufton Street think tank. <laughs> you're, is... you're a fully paid up member of the tobacco lobby. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. Me, B-A-T, we are in each other's Plot tobacco books. pouches. <laughs> You're swapping Rizzlers. We are. Excellent. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, it would be very good for public health to do that. But and it's a choice, right? I think the, the focus on public health, if you really care about people's lungs or you care about their health, I think it should be on air pollution. Because, you know, I could light up a cigarette. That is my choice to do that, right? That is my choice to damage my lungs. But it's not my choice to stand on a street road in central London or central Manchester and have someone's dirty diesel fumes blowing down mm. my, my throat. So, you know, that's not my I don't have any agency in that. So it's like, why don't you focus on things that can actively combat public health rather than choices? You know, because what, what's next? It's like the sugar tax, right? 
It's like, why are you taking away people's ability to buy fast food mm -hmm. or buy mm -hmm. sugary food? You know, instead of actually tackling... It's very unconservative. It's very unconservative. It's, it's big state. It's the big state. This is the, the nanny state. In nanny action. state, Ed. This is nanny state in action. <laughs> and it's the kind of thing that you think conservative members certainly would rail against. Rail. Rail. Well, the yeah, I mean, do you remember the... the do you remember? I don't remember it either. But there was also a big argument when they were they made smoking illegal indoors. And was, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, no, I don't remember it either. But, you know, I have <laughs> read about, about it. Because obviously I read a lot about smoking and cigarettes. Uh -huh. That's all I oh, do. No, oh, you just read the health risks. Yeah. Uh -huh. And you look at those horrible photos. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of rallying against that at the time because a lot of pubs was, was saying that, you know, it could have them shut down or go out of business. You know... This is kind of creeping into, I wonder if it's going to turn into like America where you can't smoke within six feet of any door. So you can't smoke in a beer garden. Really? Or, well, not they have beer gardens, but you can't smoke in a beer terrace or, mm. you know. Interesting. In New York, I nearly got, I'd totally forgotten. I just got there, ordered a Guinness, which by the way was $12. $12. Anyway, lit up a cigarette. Oh my God, I nearly was thrown onto the street. I like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. See in America. Cigarettes are quite subversive. We both studied abroad, coincidentally, in the same academic year at different universities. I was in North Carolina. And all the kind of cool, weird kids, like the, like the indie kids, or like, instead of like, I don't know, doing heroin, mm. they were like, their, their thing was like, oh, I love cigarettes, man. Yeah, that heroin to us is smoking to yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a clean living country. You should watch the American version of train spotting. It's just them. Um, <laughs> it's boring. It's really boring. It's just them lighting up cigarette after cigarette. <laughs> you can't have another one with your coffee, Amy. <laughs> you're staying in this room yeah. until you're, <laughs> with their nicotine patches on, <laughs> until you are not addicted to cigarettes anymore. Yeah. That'd be a bad film. Well, would it? Yeah, it'd be dreadful. Right. I think that's the whole intrigue of train spotting. Mm. Which, speaking of... Coincidentally. Coincidentally, if you haven't watched um, our esteemed colleague, Sue Mason's mashup of um, Rishi Sunak and train spotting, please go and watch that. Yeah. Well, after you've watched this podcast after you've watched this, right, chill out, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Really good. Shout out Swede. It's sick. One of his best. One of his best. I think we were ranking them earlier. I think the best one is, is um, uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is unbelievable. Goodfellas is like bang up there. Yep. And then I think I think Train Stopping is just underneath I that. think Train Stopping is absolutely Also, it, it is called Train Stopping before someone replies being like, it's Train Spotting. Yes. It's the whole bloody joke. They've stopped it just too. Yeah. Um, Morons. Touch on slightly the... There was a something I found quite jarring mm -hmm. was Rishi Sunak being incredibly transphobic to World Applause. And why did you find that jarring, Edward? Because I like trans people and support their rights. I think that's why. Oh, well, what were, what were you? how progressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was totally bizarre. Um, I mean, why? Well, the thing is, it's not, I don't think it's bizarre because it's too, because I wasn't surprised. I oh, I was actually. Were you? Because again, I think this is right. So Rishi Sunak is is a proper conservative, right? He's a um, uh, why have I forgotten the why have I forgotten the okay? Sorry, he's a neoliberal, right? right? So he is like really he's into the fiscal. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why he's getting himself involved in all of these little culture arguments. Because I think that's who I actually think that's what he is. Do I, th you? I think he's, I think he's both. I don't think he is. You, well, look at his cabinet. Yeah. Kevin Badenoch. That's why he put them in there, so he didn't have to do it. 
But he's also enabling them to do it. Yeah, but no, if, I, I would actually say he was facilitating. So, but, but then he's allowing them to have the platform to make these arguments. Mm -hmm. I think he has to take a lot of responsibility for the rhetoric that is used around trans people at this conference. You had, what was his name? Andrew, Andrew Boff, the, yeah. a senior gay conservative in London. Ran for mayor of London once, yeah. Removed from Sarah Braverman's speech for saying gender ideology doesn't exist under his breath. And that's, that's on his watch. I think he has to take, he's very, very culpable for this. And then also he, he said it in a speech. I don't think there's anyone should be surprised by the anti-LGBT rhetoric coming out of the Conservatives. They've been, that I think that's going to be, also, this is something I wanted to make a point about all these policies. It's stupid making these, like, they're, they're not going to be in power long enough to make, to, like, they know the, these policies aren't going to win them the election. Right. What they think might win the election is turning we are the party of anti-trans people and trying to turn trans people, trans people, trans rights into this political football. And that's going to be the dividing line they try to make with Labour. And I think that was mask off. Like, we are not. That's who we are. We mask are, off, yeah. It's, I thought it was bollo we are the bollocks and dangerous. Of, yeah. And trans people have so much shit to put up with in this country well let's read what he said so he said we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex they want to they can't a man is a man and a woman is a woman that's just common sense but to rapturous applause it's like really yep. right now when you've got an nhs that is crumbling you're sitting on nearly eight million uh person long waiting mm -hmm. list You've got the schools are caving in. You've got a hell of a lot of people in the country using food banks regularly. Really? You think you think this is the big one? It's this also, is the big thing that's well, pressing us? Also, was it, it was announced that um, trans women wouldn't be allowed to use women's wards and vice versa. Yeah, that sucked. That's not, that's not the reason for the NHS backlog. Is that no one can get onto wards. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an absolutely insane... Thing. And I think it's sad. It just makes me sad for trans people. I think it kind of sucks. Yeah, of course it does. It's like who who are the you know? It's like it's it's like one of two only acceptable groups now to publicly um, be discriminated yeah. against. Uh, presumably, I'd say the Roma. Are the yeah, other. I think yeah. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, because you could, you can you can imagine Sunak making a similar comment about Roma people. Well, Lee Anderson tried to, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But then I think they were like, well, maybe we should leave that for a whole minute. But, you know, maybe we'll deploy that later in the, the election cycle, whatever. Mm. Yeah, it does. It feels a bit dirty and it feels quite cheap. It's like, you know, Sunak, you're better than this. You are. I don't think he <laughs> you've is. Done, I don't think you've he done, is. No, you've already done so many terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to those. Yeah. I don't know. It just sucks. I think people should be talking about it more because instead of, instead of just parroting it, I think there needs to be engagement with the argument and criticism of it and calling it out for what it is. Well, it's it's sort of like, it, it's the absolute that they, they discuss it in, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll have all the extremes of the argument. So it's it's like when there was that um, the Scottish prisoner, the, the yeah. Scottish rapist, and um, that was headline news. And that is used as the example of why now trans people shouldn't be allowed mm -hmm. into female prisons or mm -hmm. whatever. You know... Flip side of that, if you're going to stigmatise an entire group of people just based off one person, I don't want to sit next to you because of John Warboys. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, you know, like yeah. it's just such a ridiculous comparison. It's like, okay, there's that here is a really bad person. So that must just define the rest of the group. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you might not want to sit next to me because of... Myra Hindley. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that how you see me as? Oh, I was no. thinking more of a Rose West, but... <laughs> what is the material difference between... They're similar people, are they not? I guess so. Female managers? Yeah, well, anyway, it doesn't represent the rest of the... There was... Of the gender, right? No. No, you're right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Not another one? It's the Politics Show podcast. Kind of, we're on the subject kind of anyway. The rightward shift of the Conservative Party. And Nigel Farage was there. Oh, yeah. Nigel Farage first appeared at a dinner. So I guess he's there in his official capacity as a, as a, um, a presenter on GB News, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also, he was invited to a lot of events. Mm, he, was, and he, he was being mobbed. He was being mobbed. People, he was seen mostly around with Pretty Patel, that wing of the party, right? Mm-hmm. So he's with the, uh, the old school populists. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what I've been thinking about the last day so the question is, is Nigel Farage about to join the party he helped to morph into his own worldview? Mm-hmm. And why I think that is because I've been comparing the 2015 UKIP election manifesto to some of the conservative policies that we've got spinning around right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out a couple of policies and points. And you've got to tell me, is this current conservative policy or is this from the UKIP 2015 okay. manifesto? Regame. Right, so... Introduce an Australian-style points-based system to manage the number and skills of people coming into the country, treating all citizens of the world on a fair and equal basis as a welcoming, outward-looking country. That's hard. I think that is current policy. It's both. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that is directly lifted from the UKIP manifesto. Yep. And it's also what Boris Johnson wanted to do. He wanted an Australian-style. Right, ready? Yes. Put a five-year moratorium on immigration for unskilled workers, which will enable the unemployed already living here to find work and those already working to see wage growth. That's UKIP. That's both, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Ready? Yep. Relax planning regulations for the conversion of off-road, sorry, off-high-road commercial and office space and other existing buildings to affordable residential use. So relax the planning regulations. That wor- that's UKIP, surely. Yeah, it's both, actually. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, I get the game there. <laughs> cutting the size of the civil service. Both. It is both. Yay. The Climate Change Act is doing untold damage. Who said that? UKIP. 
both. <laughs> I've got a good one for you now. This okay. is the final one. We will remove ourselves from the jurisdiction of the European Court of Human Rights, the Strasbourg Court, whose interpretation of the European Convention of Human Rights has been known to put the rights of criminals above those of victims. Our own Supreme Court will act as the final authority on matters of human rights. Both. Both! Both. That's a... What a great game. <laughs> what was my score? So, um, so yeah, the argument is the 2015 UKIP manifesto is now Conservative Party policy and Nigel Farage would now be at home there. That's interesting. I think, and I think he probably would. Mm -hmm. I think I spoke to, I, I was up in Manchester at, um, at the conference and speaking to members about, asking about would Nigel Farage be welcome, would like, speaking to people who describe themselves as like li the, on the liberal wing of the party, like would you welcome Nigel Farage into it? And they just said, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a broad church. Broad church. It's a broad church. Well, so Nigel Farage, I think there's probably people to the right of Farage in the, in the Conservative Party. He hasn't been in the Conservative Party since 92. And it was because John Mayer, John Mayer? <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing there? <laughs> Why does he have control of that? John Major, um, big name around these parts. Anyway, John Major, I just love John Major. Oh, right. Anyway, anyway you know, yes, I don't yes. love John Major. I just love the spectacle of the affair with Edwina Curry. Yes, of course. John Major signed the Maastricht Treaty in '92, and Farage resigned his position in the. He resigned his party membership because he didn't want. He, he had a fear in that Maastricht Treaty. It was Europe would look to have a currency, and he didn't want Britain to lose the pound. Wait, and and Farage has denied he would want to join the Conservative Party in the current state. Kind of like it. I think it would be a much bigger asset to the Conservatives for Farage to join than Farage. Why would Farage join the Conservatives? Mm -hmm. What can they offer him at this point? They're going to be out of power in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Farage can unrestrained have his media presence, do his cameos. He wouldn't have to kowtow to anyone. He wouldn't have to toe the party line. And But it depends whose party line it is, right? Well, curr currently. Braverman is lining herself up. quite. I mean, it, it doesn't take a political mastermind to see that she's lining herself up to challenge... Sunak for the leadership, right? You think ahead of the election? No, but well, after the election. Oh, yeah, because I, I think I imagine yeah. Sunak would resign after the election. Presumably. But then you'd have... So it, in the ideal Farage world, you've got Suella Braverman, leader of the party, <laughs> Nigel Farage's small boat sec. I don't know. Uh -huh. He probably would be like a home, home, home secretary, wouldn't he? Or something like that. He'd get his... elected first, I suppose. Yeah, and he hasn't been elected and, he, and there wouldn't be a general election for... A little bit yeah. after that. But I also, I wouldn't ever sneer at him. I think, I, I really actually don't like when mainstream media sneers at him. I, I think it's, you know, he is arguably one of the most powerful politicians that's never been elected, yeah. right? Or, you know, a, the New States have ranked him the most powerful really? right-wing politician in the I, country. I, I really agree with that. Yeah. You know, he has so changed policy, yeah, yeah. influenced policy for the best part of a decade. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, even the small... You know, he was the first person to be going on about the small boats, oh, quote-unquote crisis. People used to laugh at him going out on his... Was that on his own channels on the boat? Yeah, he used to go out on the dinghy. But that was for his own channels. That wasn't for any media outlet. No, it was for the Brexit party, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and people used to laugh at me, like, look at him on that boat. And, and now... They're talking about small boats at the Conservative Party conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of their big five pledges. Yeah. Which, by the way, were missing. Did you see them around conference anywhere? Not from the outside, Printed. no. Hmm. No, but there wasn't much actually material from the outside. Well, let's get on to the good stuff yeah. now. No, you've, yeah, you've, we fucked around with talking to that. Yeah. <laughs> talking about the 
policy. Um, yeah, so I was doing my favourite thing in the world, talking to Conservative Party members. Mm-hmm. Who... No, Labour conferences until next week. Oh, oh! very good. I'm not going. <laughs> um, yeah, always a pleasure to chat to my friends in the Conservative Party. Got some. Some people were very enthusiastic about politics, Joe. Yeah, pleasant. A lot of. I don't agree with what you say, but you're very funny, <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was very kind. Um, yeah. I like that. What I, what always astounds me at the Conservative Party conference is the uniformity of the members' opinions, because they <laughs> they're were, all doing the party line. Yeah, it's like it's they are. I think you don't join the Conservative party perhaps without being ambitious without thinking i might one day be an mp and this interview might come back to haunt me so i, I was curious because you mentioned that they're suella bravman lining up a, a leadership contest so i was curious as to see who the members like because at some point rishi sunak will stop being the prime minister 2038 st- you said yes yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so thanks thanks to his announcements today but whether that's after a general election defeat or after a glorious 15-year ministry, he will at some point stop being it. So I was curious to see who they like. Like, do they like Suella, Kemi, do they like Tom Tugendhat? Do they, do they have like a weird backbencher that they're upset? Like, I wanted to know who they like. And everyone refused to comment on who they wanted to be the next leader. Because I think they think it would look disloyal to the party. Really? It was, everyone was like, I, I'm a Rishi man right now. I haven't given it much thought. I'm like, that is bollocks. Like, you're not good. Why would you get in trouble for saying you like the politics of the Home Secretary? Surely that's a fairly inoffensive thing to say. And, and you're not admitting to being on manoeuvres to topple the Prime Minister. I think it's very funny how, how suspicious on they were. On manoeuvres. On manoeuvres. Like Barry from Brentford is on manoeuvres. <laughs> um, and they also claim that the part, the, the the party's turning it around. They're feeling optimistic about the next election. Yeah, they are turning it around. They're turning around HS2. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, turning the train around from Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're all optimistic about the potential elections. It's going to go much better than everyone thinks. The polls are narrowing from 20 to 16. Points behind. Yeah, but Labour bounced back up today, according to Savannah. God, they'll be no, they'll be yeah. furious. Yeah, yeah, they bounced back up to nineteen points today. They'll be furious um, a- ahead. Yeah, it's and a lot of lib- more liberal members expressed some discomfort with the right word shift of the party, and seemed to think that they can hang on in there and steer it back towards the centre, which I think is. Quite naive. I don't agree. Really? Why do you not agree? I do agree and I don't agree. Talk me through it. I don't think they'll be able to steer it back right now, but I do think there is a groundswell of One Nation small C Conservatives that are going to be at the forefront in opposition. So I think we're going to have this crazy culture war election and it's going to be full pelt, like we're, we're taking frigates into the channel and we're shooting at people. <laughs> Um, No, I think it will be like full-blown, you know, culture war argument. Um, And then I think Rishi will go. And I think I actually do have in my head who I think is going to be. And you won't guess it, but I have put a bet on. So so come back here. Come back here. Tell me off camera. I'll tell you off camera in a minute. Okay, well, tell us on, comment on the YouTube video who you think Ava's getting. I don't don't think that they'll get it. I think 
it's a proper one nation conservative has not held a ministerial brief that is that's narrowing it down um anyway so i think and then i think they'll go proper back to those trad con not new trad old trad, old trad. values oh, to me, you're gonna get another david cameron party i think do you think so i yeah. really don't agree i think i think we're through the looking glass yeah i think they drank the kool-aid yeah but i think they'll they'll um they'll spit it back out yeah no i think they'll get rid of them I think that a lot of it, because I, I think this culture war thing will go on and then there'll be an opposition and there'll be a lot of time for reflection. It'll go, do you know what, guys? We went full pelt. We went absolutely crazy there. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. The yeah. lights come on at a party. We said all the things we thought they wanted us to say. <laughs> and we still lost. Um, an interesting phenomenon of member I spoke to was the frustrated local councillor who... We're very so. I, I spoke to. They're all coincidentally they happen to be men, who. Because you don't speak to women. Don't speak to women don't before buy, seven p.m. <laughs> don't value their opinions. Um, they said talked about being frustrated at kind of the pacings they were taking locally as a result of the of the behaviour of the national party. They were saying it's very hard to go to the door, to go to knock on someone's door and say, "I'm your local councillor, Barry from Bedford." I fixed that pothole outside your house. Well, you... he didn't because he's a member. Oh, councillor. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And then I thought you meant an MP candidate. I was like, well, no, did, did he? So... No, the local councillor did. Yeah. And he and as you were, you say, <laughs> and you say I fixed that pothole outside your house. And he says, "What party are you from?" And you, he says, "I'm a." And you say, "I'm a conservative." And he goes, "I hate the conservatives. Look at this mess that the country's in." And it's... yeah, and he'd be like, but "Have you seen your new shiny road? Said, Look at this beautiful tarmac road." So they're, they were very frustrated with the kind of the behaviour of the party. Can I say something briefly about potholes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> barrier of entry to conversation on this podcast. As you know, I'm, a now, I'm now a cyclist. I didn't know that. Did you not know that? No, Oh, congrats. I'm cycling in and out of work. I'm Are cycling you? everywhere. I'm zip-zipping around. Yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, if if you see me, I'm on a bike. Mm. I don't have... Don't talk to you, No legs anymore, just wheels. Just wheels. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a severe plastic surgery. <laughs> anyway, and I've noticed from council to council who has the worst roads, genuinely very, very difficult to get around Camden Borough. Mm-hmm. Roads are appalling. Really? And you know where else it sucks? Islington horrendous but you know who really got it in check tower hamlets and you wouldn't expect that no you wouldn't very few potholes in tower hamlets gosh mm. but you know a pothole to a cyclist can be very dangerous do you know when people say we're the north london elite i've just done it yeah you've just it? done it <laughs> you've just talked about three council areas in north write in and tell me uh, about your po- potholes in your local area please send your emails to ed at joe <laughs> if anyone does that you're going to be you're going to be blocked, I think. Um, oh, maybe filled, like those potholes should be. Maybe filled. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <Jesus laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, what, what, <laughs> what do you think about the Conservative Party conference and the members? From what you've heard, from afar. I thought you did a spectacular job. Thank you. That wasn't what I was, wasn't what I was looking for. <laughs> oh, wait, that's what it says here to read out. <laughs> wait, no, wait. Oh, that's too later. Sorry. Um, um, I thought that the, the piece, you, piece, the interview you did with Dehenna Davidson. Yeah. Standing down at the next election. I thought what she had to say was shocking. About trans people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was, a, yeah. I think it's also slightly toothless in that 
you can criticize the people, but you're willing to stand with them still. But she's not because she's standing down at the next election. But that's not why she's resigning. No, quite right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Another point to add there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I haven't won anything yet. No, you're getting cooked. I am. In this episode. Somebody, on that point, actually, one member I spoke to off camera, we were kind of chatting afterwards, and he said he's disgusted with how the, the party talks about trans people. And I was like, oh, would you be comfortable having that discussion on camera? I think that'd be a really powerful bit of commentary. I said, oh, no. I think I'm, I, I, I'd like to like go further in the party. And really? he's concerned that his, so, well, he's concerned that his tolerance for trans people. See, I've never really understood that because I understand, like, you know, setting aside some of your personal beliefs. Like, for example, I probably, you know, I make a lot of jokes about being part of the pro-smoking lobby. Mm -hmm. I won't actually do anything about that. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a joke, you yes. know. But, you know, I have pretty firm beliefs on people not being subjected to terror or, you know, yeah, yeah. being harmed. Mm -hmm. And I would go quite a long way to defend that view. Yeah. So I don't really understand how you can, you know, how you can... Pair them. How you can sleep at night, <laughs> knowing <laughs> you can pair your desire for a low tax economy. But quite seriously, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's it's an interesting question of values and what will get you far. What members at the ground, the grassroots level, think will get you far? Yeah. Within the Conservative Party. Interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it seemed it was an it's an interesting, but and there's going to be a lot more content coming from that. Yeah. Now I'm back. Nose to the Grimstone. Brainstone. Any brimstone. Neither, but anyway. Um, any. <laughs> you want <laughs> any any uh, any XL bully chat? Any XL bully chat um, <laughs> at the at the conference? No, I don't actually think there was. I didn't. I didn't personally hear any. Did you have any XL bully chat? No, I thought that maybe someone might have. You know, the good members of our of the Conservative Party might have had a few things to add, like the you know the, the way in which they are conducting the experiment into what is an XL bully is rigged I don't know <laughs> that would have been good actually I yeah. didn't um, what would you like to ask 100 members of the, of the Conservative Party what would I like to ask them yeah if you, if you had and they have to answer you truthfully I think that's the, that's the that's I wish the, you'd asked me about this before so I had something intelligent prepped I, I hadn't thought of it I think it's also what yeah, I well, why don't you keep all your bright ideas next time to yourself oh, yeah sure. <laughs> I won't contribute um, what would you ask I, like, I think, actually think I would just like them to be honest. I think what I found quite frustrating with doing these Vox Pops is I don't really think I had that much of an honest conversation with many of them. I think they've been quite disingenuous because it must, I think it is frustrating. It would be incredibly frustrating to be a Conservative Party member. It like, how can it not be? You're going to get trounced in the next election. Mm. You're 20 points behind the polls and the party seems to be lurching from disaster to disaster and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just through like a smile to me saying everything's going to be okay. I think that's, I've, I would, from a journalistic point of view, I would much prefer to have just an honest discussion. I spoke to Caroline Noakes yesterday. Yes. Um, and she was brilliant. I thought she was so interesting. And she doesn't believe in the culture war. She says it's not a vote winner. And she mm. would much rather the party weren't doing it or engaging in it. I would quite like to see some polling. We actually could commission this polling. Maybe we should do that. Mm. Um, I'd like to know from Conservative Party members whether they actually see themselves as a one-nation Conservative who's just trying to get through the next 18 months mm -hmm. and just 
putting up and grinning and bearing during the during the culture war or if they actually do care about some of the issues raised mm. in that like do you like the conservative party is a party of it is a broad church right and it is probably going to get slated for this in the comments but just try and have a little bit of nuance but you know it has been very welcoming to the gays in the past right it has been quite a home I think for, and, or a safe space in the recent past yeah in the recent past sorry i'm talking cameron i'm talking cameron stories like ten, from 2010 onwards yeah, yeah and you know it's been a it, it's been a good home or a good political party to be in if you are um lgbt right mm -hmm. that has actually that's obviously changed in the last couple of years but it has been good for that it's also a very good party to be in if you are um, a first-generation immigrant. It's all, it, it's, it is very welcoming. You cannot look at the front bench of the Conservative Party compared to the front bench of the Labour Party and say that it's the Conservatives who have a problem with diversity mm. in the party, because they, they clearly don't, right? It does welcome people from, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I couldn't finish that sentence. I was trying to think where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So I don't really understand how the culture war tallies with all of that. I think it tallies because I'm not sure that the representation on the front bench is the best metric of diversity. No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. It's actually a terrible metric for it because, you know, people are pushed to the forefront because they'd like to project. Mm -hmm. But they are still trying to project something, right? Mm -hmm. And you can make many arguments about what that is. You know, why have you got Suella Braveman fronting the we're closing the borders, you know, directive? That is, you can make many, many arguments about it. However, my, my genuine belief is that a lot of these people are actually very concerned fiscally about being a one nation Tory and not interested in the culture war. Hmm. I don't, I disagree. Good. Good. Um, kind of last point, I suppose. Sam Coates wrote an article today for Sky suggesting he thinks, or been the allegations of entryism into the Conservative Party regarding the kind of the, the culture warriors, etc. Do you, mm. do you buy that? Say that again. He's, he's suggesting that there's been like, you know how, how everyone accused um, Labour of having an entryist phenomenon of the people who were backing Corbyn? No. But, you know, uh, the I can't spit out, but like he's basically accusing new members of driving the party to the right. Oh, okay. In the same oh, way that, that, way. Like, that like momentum. I thought you were talking about how Suella Braverman had like a bit of a trade union. Oh no 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 no, no 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 no! Oh, okay, that's interesting. So she, he thinks that the the, the new uh, members MP, are driving MP, that. MPs have suggested that to him. That's so interesting. So. We've got that bit out, up to... No, 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 I think keep it all in. I think it's good. Okay. I, li I like us working through that. Okay. Um, but what do, you, what do you think? Like, I don't really buy that. Okay, so back on what I was trying to say, I think the one policy that the Conservatives have put out over the last 13 years that every Tory member is genuinely willing to defend is austerity, mm -hmm. right? That's where they are. That's where they're, you know, they are their classists, right? They are. Mm. That's why they are conservatives, yep. because they have money and they would quite like you not to have money so that they have more money. <laughs> that is them. When it comes to trans people, mm. I actually don't think the average member would be interested in that. That's and actually that maybe a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because how interested is anybody in anyone's right to identify? Yeah. That's actually maybe a good point. But then, but then I suppose, regardless of what they think privately, they're enabling the 
rhetoric of the party. Yeah, of course they are. But that's that's what I meant by yeah. I'd like to see some polling about right. how many right, of them right, actually right. care about it. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. No, I I, I buy that argument more. Thank you. Yeah. That was I wasn't point. explaining it well, and I think if I'd sat upstairs and actually thought about it before I just started opening my fat mouth, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know. Ava, we've got great news for the audience. Yeah. They can hear your dulcet tones in person this coming Sunday. Yes. At the World Transformed in Liverpool. Yeah. What, what are the, de- the details on where can they buy tickets? You need to go and buy a ticket on the World Transformed. And there's also, you know, if you have bought a ticket and you're worried about getting in, there's a set. I should probably think about this. Let me start again. Okay, we're going again. You can buy tickets for this on The World Transformed. It's going to be this Sunday, 5.30, me, Ben Smoke, Mick Lynch, in two Liverpool. stand-up blokes and you. Yeah. You should have done two stand-up blokes and Mick Lynch. Oh, to, very just good. Just to confuse the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that why you're so passionate about trans people? Yeah. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can come and watch us then. And if you can't come, there'll be a live stream you can watch. Um, there'll be an opportunity if you're there to ask questions to Mick Lynch. Ben and I will hang around for a little bit afterwards if you want to ask us questions specifically. I don't think there's very many interesting things I can talk about. No, not one. Nothing. Um, I'd like to plug the subreddit. The memes have been insane recently, especially off the back of you and all these beaver-focused episodes. I think it, it's, just, it's like my favourite corner of the internet at the moment. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's just people just going ham, going nuts. And yeah. we, do, we do look at every single post and laugh at them in the yeah. office. We love it. So keep that as our slash politics show. Uh, if you don't have a Reddit account, get one. And but join, it's also like a good discussion on there. So if you're going to come in there with your crap, just don't bother. All right? It's a nice space that we're enjoying. <laughs> don't come in there with oh, your crap. Been, yeah, I think once it reaches like a threshold of, of members, it's going to really deteriorate. Yeah, I know. But, but what I want to do, I said this to Sean, I was like, I think that when we do our, our election night special, I want that to be the live studio audience. I want us to only advertise it on that subreddit. That'd be like, quite funny. That'd be so good. it's just those people who are there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add? Nah. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> See you all next time. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love 
and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.